God. Fasting doesn't earn any more of God's favor or cause God to do something that is not already His will to do. It does not cause God to love us any more. It doesn't cause us to be any more saved than we already are. Nothing we do can earn God's love or God's favor or God's salvation. We are saved by grace through faith alone in Jesus Christ because of what He did, the work He did on the cross, and because He was raised from the dead, period. Sola fide, faith alone. When we fast, we are not forcing God's hand. We're not, it's not the image of, of us like holding God's arm up. We're not forcing him to do anything. God is sovereign. He will not be manipulated, forced, or coerced at all. That's not what fasting is about. I mean, that's like us, you know, God up in heaven, you know, scratching his chin going, well, I wasn't going to do that. But since he didn't eat that steak, I'll uh, zap. Now that's, that's, that, but sometimes that may be the image we get. Come on, come on, let's be honest. I've thought about it that way at times. There's nothing wrong, listen to me, there's nothing wrong in asking God for the things we need. We should, let me just say this, we should ask God for the things, health needs, family needs, relationship needs, financial needs. There's nothing wrong in asking for the things that we need. As a matter of fact, I'm telling you, I, for 2017, I am asking. I was at a pastor's conference this past summer. And you know, a lot of sermons, and I know I'm a preacher, I'm we hear it, we're like, praise the Lord, and then we're like, what did he, you know, that doesn't hang with us. Some sermons, though, stick with us. And I was at a place and heard this, this pastor, and he started talking about, you know what, I'm, he just kept saying this, I'm asking. I'm asking, and I'm being specific. No more of these generalities and these general prayers. Be specific. I'm asking in 2017 because I have a father who loves me. I'm asking. There's nothing wrong with asking. I'm asking for blessing. I'm asking for provision. I'm asking for protection. I'm asking for anointing. I'm asking for favor. And I'm asking for all of that to be obvious in my life and in my family and in my church. I'm asking. Is anybody with me? I'm asking. I am. But we should never demand anything. Fasting does not give us that right. We ask God and we trust God and his will. We never demand. I love what Jensen Franklin, by the way, Jensen Franklin has a book out that I would recommend. He pastors in Gainesville, a very large church, and he does a lot of teaching and writes a lot about fasting. And he says this, fasting breaks us down, not God. Come on, think about that. Fasting breaks us down, not God. It's not about him changing. Come on, somebody. 
And that leads us right into number three. Number three is fasting gets us ready for God's answer. And I really, since I wrote that, I've changed it a little bit. Fasting gets us ready to receive God's answer. So change that if you write it down. Fasting gets us ready to receive whether it's what we are asking for or not. In 2 Samuel 12, David was fasting for the life of his child. How many remember that story? He, He was fasting for the life of his child, but the child died anyway. When the child died, he stopped fasting. He broke the fast. He got up and he ate. And then he worshiped. How could he have that response? I believe it's because he was fasting. And God prepared him for that answer. Fasting prepares your heart and my heart to say, Not my will, but yours be done. Number four, fasting helps to get our flesh out of the way and positions us to hear from God. Fasting helps to get our flesh out of the way and positions us. Somebody say positions us. That's important. It's so important. To hear from God. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus fasted for 40 days in the wilderness. How many are ready to do that? You better hear from God before you do that. He fasted for 40 days in the wilderness. Was was this fast before his ministry or after? Before. Was this fast before he fought and battled with Satan or after? It was before, right before, right after his baptism. He went into the Holy Spirit, led him into the wilderness. The Holy Spirit led him on that fast, led him into the wilderness, and he fasted for 40 days, and then Satan came. And then after he defeated the devil, then he began his earthly ministry. Jesus was fasting so that he would be spiritually positioned for his upcoming battle and his upcoming ministry. Folks, look at me. Everything in our spirit in our Christian walk rises and falls with our spiritual alignment and positioning with the Father. Everything rises and falls with our spiritual positioning. A few years back, we went on a vacation to, uh, uh, we were in the Gatlinburg area, and we went to Cades Cove, and we went and hiked Abrams Falls. How many have done that? Anybody? One. Yes. How many have been in Cades Cove? I know there's more. Yeah. So in Cades Cove, there's a, there's a hike called Abrams Falls, and it's, it's about three miles or so, something like that. It's not that, it's not that bad. But it, it was very hot. And it does go up and down and up and down. So by the time we got to the falls, we were Sweating, we were hot, and then there's that water coming down. So we decided we were going to position ourselves under that water and get refreshed. We, but we couldn't just step under there. We had to swim across this chasm of water. 
We had to climb up on the rocks, and then we had to slip and slide our way up under that water. Now, we could have just gazed at the beauty of that water from the shore. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody. We could have just gazed at the beauty of it. And I'm afraid in our Christian walk, we like to just gaze at other people experiencing the presence of God and other people hearing from God and other people doing something for God. And we watch it and we go, Woo, glory. Thank you, Lord, for him. Thank you, Lord, for her. And we never personally get in the position to receive like they do. Let's change that for 2017. How about it? Let's change it. Fasting helps us get into the right position to hear from God, listen, and to receive from God and be blessed by his outpouring. And by the way, look, that outpouring never stops. The river of God never stops flowing. Just like Abram's Falls right now as I'm preaching and you're sitting there, Abram's Falls is cascading over that. It's right now flowing down. Just because I'm not standing under it, receiving from it, doesn't mean it's not still flowing. The variable is not God. It's us. We want to blame God. Why aren't you moving? He is moving. He is flowing. He is pouring it out. We're just not under it. We're just not positioned to receive. His power, His anointing, His blessing never stops. We simply allow our flesh to remove us and bring us outside of that pouring and outpouring. It's another, it's like this radio. Isn't that pretty? How many of you still use one of these? Come on, old school. How many of you kids have ever tuned a radio station? I couldn't believe we actually had one of these in the building. We like had to pull it out of some storage room, you know. But it's like this. I hope I have this on a decent radio station. Just excuse me if something weird comes on again. I'm tuned in, but just a nudge, and it's off, it's gone. Now, did that radio station stop sending out the signal? Did that radio station stop broadcasting their signal? No, just a nudge, and it was gone, and all we have now is noise. Can I tell you that in our spiritual life, in our spiritual walk, if we're not positioned correctly under the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we don't get our flesh under control, this is what we get. Is anybody receiving this? Is anybody getting what I'm trying to say? It's about positioning. Fasting is about positioning. We, in my spirit, as your pastor, I feel like we are in a season, a period of time of positioning. 
God is giving us space. I've been here 14, 15 months, and it's been, God's blessed, and he's helped, he's blessed in our finances to get some things that really needed to get under control. I'm sick of, I'm tired of that part of it, folks. God's going to take care of that. He's going to have to, and he is. But listen, listen. But now, he's given us some space to position. Decide who we are. Individually and collectively as a church. We are in a season of positioning. I feel it in my spirit. You may sense it as well. If you've been coming, if you've been a part, you probably do. We're in a season of positioning. God is positioning us to handle more. He's, he's moving the piece. Think, think about it maybe as a, as a chess game or maybe we watched a lot of football yesterday. Anybody watch a lot of football yesterday? Think about it maybe like a football field and the players. He's moving the pieces or the players around to increase our capacity so that not so we can have a full room, but so that we can make a difference in this community for Jesus Christ, so that lives can be changed, so that we can help marriages get put back together. Jesus is positioning us in this season. And he's positioning you. It's not about titles. What's your title? Who cares? What's your position? Who? Being, but being positioned according to your purpose. Finding that sweet spot that you have been created for in the kingdom of God. Everybody look at me. Let me ask you a question. What position will you play? In 2017. Will you stay in the stands for another year? I need a pulpit that goes all the way down where I can hide. They don't make them like that anymore. Or maybe will you make a move to the sidelines? And, you know, sometimes the sidelines gets a bad rap, but that's not, there's nothing wrong with being ready to go in the game and getting prepared to go in the game, taking your time on the bench. There's something powerful in that, Adrian. There's something powerful in that time. When I played basketball, I didn't start starting on the, on the court. I spent time on the bench learning from the ones who were on the court, learning from the coach. And then eventually I got into the game a little bit, and it was a lot of fun. And then eventually I did begin to start the game. There's nothing wrong. Maybe you need to move from the, 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 the stands. Maybe some of you are out in the parking lot and need to get into the stands. That's, that's a different sermon. All right. Move from the stands at least to the sideline and begin to get ready. Get suited up. My God, that's good. Somebody, whoo, I'm going to write a book. Get suited up. Get suited up for the game at least. And then some of you have been on the sidelines for too long. And it's time for you to get in the game. I'm challenging you to get in the game. Next week I'm going to be starting a series called Unwrapped. Discovering your spiritual (laughs) gifts. You just thought you were done unwrapping presents. No. 
we're going to do a whole series called Unwrap, Discovering Your Spiritual Gifts. And folks, look at me. We're going to stay in this series until God says we're finished. We're going to stay in this series until God says we are finished. The vision of this house is connecting people with their, to their God-given purpose. Look at the screen. Your God-given purpose is directly connected to your spiritual gifts. It's not rocket science. Your purpose in Christ and in this world and in the kingdom of God is directly connected to your spiritual gifts that he has given you. That are, are, if you're not operating them, that he has made available to you. For us to be positioned, that's the word, for success individually and corporately in the kingdom, we must discover, then begin to understand, and then begin to use. Somebody say use. Use our spiritual gifts. What better time? Kind of like Pastor Russ said, what better time than to begin a study on the Holy Spirit, on His person, on His works, on His gifts, than at the beginning of a new year? Come on. And during a church-wide fast, I might add, where we're positioning ourselves to hear. Now look, this is not the series that I had planned. When we got together as a staff in, in November and planned out the year, and I had some ideas for series. This is not the one that I had down. As a matter of fact, I was going to teach on spiritual gifts on a Wednesday night series where it was safe. <laughs> Folks, I'm finished with safe. <laughs> safe is overrated. We don't have time for safe. A few weeks ago, we had a service where God, and you may have been here, may not. It's okay either way. But I'm just, let me tell you, we had a service where God interrupted. I didn't even preach. He interrupted. And you may not have been touched, but I was profoundly impacted in that service. And my heart was touched and changed. It was a watershed moment for me as a leader. And I clearly heard God saying to me, it's time my people understand who they are in Christ and what gifts are available to them through my Holy Spirit. We were in a staff meeting talking about this. And then I, was, I went back to my normal you know, self, administrative self. Okay, how can we fit this in four weeks? If I do this and that, maybe I, and Pastor Russ, and I really appreciate him doing this. He spoke up and he said, Pastor, hold on. If this is as important as I think it is, why are you putting a time limit on it? He said, just preach it until it's done. So we're going to do this until the burden lifts. Do you understand what I'm saying? Until the burden lifts and I feel like God is done with it, we are going to preach about the Holy Spirit and the gifts that are available to us. I know for some of you, you are about to shout and run. This, just, just run in this room. I know some of you are. Others of you are kind of like, mm. 
And then some of you are like, all right, I knew it. I'm out of here. That's weird stuff. I don't understand it. I'm not going I'm, to, I'm, you know, the music's good, but I'm gone. I can go down the street. The music's good down there, too. Folks, I told you before. If it's real, I'm for it. If it's in the flesh and it gets weird and stupid, I'm going to stop it. You can, will you trust me enough? Those of you who are a little bit like, yee, come from a different background, come from a different kind of, kind of, kind of experience, not sh- quite sure about this, trust me that it's all in the Word of God. It's all available today, and I'm going to go step by step and make it very clear. At least give me that opportunity to teach about it and for the Holy Spirit to see, to, to resonate or not, and then make your decision whether this is the church for you. Will you do that? Amen. I say all of that to say that this series is, could be the most important series we've done, probably is, and, and, and it's pivotal. So as your pastor, I'm asking that you make every effort to be here. And if you do have to miss, make sure you listen back because each week I'm going to be dealing with different gifts and you don't want to miss your moment. We have to move on. Oh, and guests, if you're here for the first time, praise God for you. We really do celebrate that you're here. I promise you this is all legit. (laughs) We are an evangelical church, and we love you. So again, just like I just challenged the other folks, just hang in. Come back. You cannot decide on whether you're going to become a part of a church in one day. So just hang in, come back, and see what God does. We've got to move on. Number five, we're talking about what fasting is and is not. Number five, fasting is a spiritual discipline that is also a physical act. Fasting is a spiritual discipline that is also a physical act. The word, in our context, the word fast literally means to cover the mouth. So here comes the tough news. You cannot eat Facebook. You cannot eat Netflix. You cannot eat the internet. So technically you cannot fast those things. Now, You can decrease or abstain from those things, and it will greatly help you in your fast. Somebody say amen. Amen. (laughs) It's like, oh, God. I know it's true, but I don't want to clap. Look at the screen. A true fast involves food. A true fast involves food. Before I close, I want to provide us very practically from the Word of God the different types of fasts and challenge you with those and challenge you to make a decision. Fasting is actually mentioned 77 times in the Bible, more than baptism. Do you think it's important? There are quite a few different kinds. I count eight. Some say nine. Some say seven. So, you know, we're going to go through these very quickly. So if you want to have all of this, you might want to take, use your phone Take a picture of the slides, because if you write them, you may not get them all. You might. Number one, 
A normal fast is abstaining from all food but not from water. Abstaining from all food but not from water. Jesus, we think, was on this type of fast because in Luke chapter 4, he did this for 40 days, by the way, 40 days without food. And Luke 4 indicates that he ate nothing, but it doesn't say him anything about him not drinking water. So that's a normal fast, abstaining from all food, but not from water. Number two, an absolute fast is abstaining from all food and liquid, including water, but that's, it's a, it has to be a short fast, okay? Why? Because after three or five days, you will die. And we'll get to that in a minute. But Queen Esther petitioned Mordecai, her uncle, to go out and to have all of the Jewish people do an absolute fast. In Esther chapter 4, 16, she says, Fast from me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. Why was she asking them to fast? Because she was about to go before the king without being summoned. And that was punishable by death. But the Jewish people were facing annihilation if she did not intervene. And she finally came to that conclusion that God has positioned, there's our word again, God has positioned me for such a time as this. God, that's so powerful. Are you feeling that? I think God is positioning new life for such a time as this, Andy. Our community is dying. Our community needs a spirit-filled, relevant Church, healthy, operating in the gifts. An absolute fast. Number three, a partial fast. Abstaining from choice food. Daniel is the best example of this. And it's a great one for our context. And it's the one I'm going to participate in because it was for three weeks, for 21 days. And that's what we are calling for. 21 days. And basically, it's pushing back the things that you like the most. Oh, help us, Lord. Yes. I'm a meat, steak, and potatoes guy. Anybody say amen. Hallelujah. Ribeye, medium rare, baked potato, butter, sour, and cream. Come on. Woo. Salad, blue cheese. Yeah, all that stuff. Dessert. Partial, partial fast, the Daniel fast, as you push those choice foods. And the reason he did that was because he'd been taken captive along with many of the people of Judah from the Babylonians. And he was an elite young man. They saw all kinds of potential in him. He got placed with all these other young men who were handsome and had leadership ability and leadership skills. And they were going to just use them in, in there. But they were, they were brainwashing them and they were all this. And they were feeding them from the king's table. And he said, absolutely not. No, absolutely not. I will not participate in this. And he pushed all of that back and just ate the vegetables, drank water. So that's a partial fast, abstaining from choice food. Number four, a supernatural fast. Okay, this is abstaining from food and water for 40 days. And let me quickly tell you, do not do that. Unless, I mean, God writes it on the wall and he speaks audibly to you. This is a supernatural thing. This, 
the, the account in the Bible that we have is Moses in the manifest presence of God on Mount Sinai. So unless you have that experience, I would not recommend this. Now, I have heard of very, you know, of, of documented times where God did speak supernaturally and people did this and God ministered supernaturally to them. But this is not one you dive into, okay, right away. Number five, a private fast is just like what it says. Only God should know about it. This is something that's not scheduled, that we don't call as a church or something like that. God just puts it on your heart to fast. Well, when he does that, don't broadcast it to the world. Don't walk around. People are like, what's wrong? Well, Lord called me to fast. The Bible says, the Bible says, yes, Matthew 6, 18, but you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your Father. That's a private fast. Number six, a congregational fast. A, this, that's a church-wide fast called forth by senior leadership. That's what I'm calling us to. Joel 2.15 and 16 says, Blow a trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, proclaim a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders. Also in the New Testament in Acts 13.2, the church at Antioch participated in a congregational fast because it was called. It was called. So we'll, we'll come back to that in just a second. Number seven, a national fast. A national fast, a nationwide fast called for by the leader of that nation. We get that from 2 Chronicles chapter 20. King, anybody remember? Jehoshaphat. King Jehoshaphat facing almost sure an annihilation from three different enemies who had gathered together as one giant army. And they, he called a national fast and prayer because of their situation. And God intervened supernaturally. Interestingly, in the early days of the United States... I didn't know that about all of these presidents. Presidents John Adams, John Ma James Madison, and Abraham Lincoln all called entire, the entire nation to pray and to fast to Jehovah God. What would happen today? <laughs> what, <laughs> what would happen today if one of our modern presidents were to call fasting and prayer not to just any God, because that's the way it would go, if, you, if you're a person of prayer, if you're a person who believes in a deity, you know, you know, however they would politically word it, but what if one would just stand up and say, we need to fast and pray to the God of the Bible for our nation? CNN would literally blow up. It would just, it would just combust. Come on. We do not live in a Christian nation anymore. And why all the more reason we should be fasting and praying. Amen? Because there is coming a time soon where there's going to be, the divide is already coming. And it's getting wider and wider and wider. And we have got to be a people who pray and who fast and who know the word of God and who stand together. Or we're not going to make it. The word of God is clear about that. Clear. Number eight. A regular fast. A regular fast just means this is a fast that is observed either weekly, monthly, or annually. This is common in the Old Testament and the New Testament. This is something like every Monday. 
you fast, or once a month you fast on a certain day. John Wesley, the father of the Methodist church, would not even appoint somebody in leadership in the Methodist church unless they fasted every Wednesday and every Friday, twice a week. How'd you like that job? Serious. He would not even hire you unless you were willing to fast twice a week. All right, getting down to the business right here. I'm closing. For the next, hey, all right. That's all right. We're tuned in. Everybody got me? For the next three weeks, beginning tomorrow, because today we're bringing pizza in for those who help. We're going to fast and pray, bless God. It's a pizza fast. All the pepperoni. No, thanks. For the next three weeks, beginning tomorrow and ending on Sunday, January the 22nd, I'm calling, listen, I'm serious, I'm calling us to a congregational fast. We're going to be consecrating ourselves before God for his service and for his will to be accomplished through us in 2017. We believe that he will position us to receive all that we need from the Holy Spirit to be the church he has called us to be. Is anybody excited about that? Is anybody with me on that? Now, you can pray and choose any, if you decide to do this, you can pray and choose any of those fasts except for the supernatural one, and be careful there. But any of the ones that you believe God has called you to do, again, I'm doing the the partial fast because it fits into that time period, and it's something that we can do every day and continue to work and not pass out, you know, on the job. I'm serious. If you decide to do three days of an absolute fast with water only, by that third day, you are going to be weak in your physical body, and that's natural. So just keep that in mind. And if God calls you and asks you to do that, praise God for it. Do it. When you came in, did, it, did everybody get the, the cards? Did not get the cards. Okay. Let's just forget that. We were, I was going to hand out three-by-five cards to you. Here's what I'm challenging you to do. Maybe you can do it in your phone or you can write it down or take one of the things in front of you, the uh, connection cards, and use the space there. It's very important that you write out what you decide to fast. It's very important that you write out the plan that you're going to do and then put it in sight. Tape it or put a magnet on it. Probably on your refrigerator would be a good, good place. Put it there so that you can see it and remember it. Now, you may be able to already do that today or you may need to pray about it today and then write it out tomorrow, but I challenge you to do that. I want to give you some final instructions before we close. Now, just look at the screen. Prayer always accompanies fasting. Fasting without prayer is a diet. Come on. Prayer always accompanies fasting. If you choose to fast, I want you to pray. You may pray about a lot of things, but as your pastor, here are the three things I want you to pray. Write these down. or Put them in your phone. Number one, I want you to pray for yourself individually. I want you to pray about your positioning, 
how what God is speaking to your heart about what you are to do in this coming year in the kingdom of God. I'm going to, you know, pray about what God would speak to you during this series about the Holy Spirit. Pray for yourself. Number two, pray for your family. Pray for your family. Stand in the gap for your family and your lost loved ones and your lost friends. Stand in the gap for them during this time. Number three, corporately or collectively, I want you to pray for New Life Church. And I want, hey, everybody look at me. I want you to pray for me. I covet your prayers. I want you to pray that that I would be led and the elders would be led by the Holy Spirit alone in 2017. Will you do that? Those are the three things. Amen. Here's the big idea for today. The one resolution to fast and pray will guide all the others for the coming year. Yes, we need to have other goals than just fast and pray 21 days. We need to have resolutions. We need to have some goals personally and professionally. But what I'm telling you is this one to begin 2017 fasting and praying and seeking God, if you'll do it right, will guide all of the other resolutions. And you may have to go back and amend some of the ones you've already written. You may have to go back and like that thing, just mark some of them out. They may not be what God is calling you to do. After 21 days, I'm telling you, God will speak to you during this time. And you may need to go back and amend the resolutions you've already made to line up with him. Will you do that? Stand with me. Bow your head and pray.